Welcome back to the One to One Podcast. With your priest on a mission, Father Dan Leary, I'm your host, Kevin Wells. We're still in the Lenten journey. We're on week four. Father Dan, welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be with you, Kevin. Great to be with you, folks. God bless you. It's good to see you, Father. So uh, where we've been so far, Father, is you've taken us to these places, uh, just like you, Father Dan, where we really don't want to be, where we know we should be, whether it's in a shack or in an uncomfortable spring or actually doing the things that our mother wants us to do, which is often very difficult. And today we're going to get into when we sort of accept these difficult rules, certain beautiful things begin to happen. And it, it doesn't sound right, but righteous anger and boldness and the prophetic voice sort of bubbles up, whether you're a priest or a member of the lady. So before we get into the theme of the podcast, Father, it's our last week to sort of promote the documentary on Father Al's life, EWTN, this Monday at 11 o'clock is, is going to feature their excellent series. I mean, it's tremendous. It is called They Might Be Saints. And Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, the video I'm about to show right here, it has the air times at the end of the video. But Father, I got a, I got a, I got a sneak peek at it today. Like maybe I'm the only one. Exceptional. Father, this thing is this thing is spot on. They nail okay. Father Al. So one more time for the viewers last week that didn't get a chance to view the promotion. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up right now just so uh, the viewers can see what, what they're in for for Monday. He's starting to open up these tubercular wards, hospices, orphanages. If you are not accepted by society, you are welcomed into one of his humble kingdoms. He was very aware of his mission because he always was trusting in God. He had a heart which was just brimming over with charity. Uh, and he had this deep, deep desire to bring people to Christ. Father, I'm going to put you on the spot. You, you, you've walked in his shoes for about eight or nine months down there in Mexico. Why should folks watch this documentary on Monday? Well, I, I don't know how many people know the story of Father Allen. I think it's a story that needs to be told because, you know, he's a D.C. guy that was tremendously uh, influenced by Our Lady and by the obviously the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think he's a voice in the culture now, a voice that needs to be heard. Father Al, without question, has become an inspiration for me in my priesthood and my ministry. And I do believe that what is what so many Catholics are facing these days is where are those guys in the trench, those priests that are in the trench that are really giving, giving, giving. And Father Al was not known and many may not be known, but Father Al's life is really worth knowing. And you can be inspired by him, lay or priest or religious. Father, you said it perfectly, lay, priest, religious. Yeah. But, but I'll just say priest. I, I hope Many hundreds, if not thousands of priests watch this documentary because it's going to be shown worldwide uh, next week at three different air, air times. But Father Al, I think, showed priests what it is to be a priest, the cost, the choices that priests must make every day. So, again, I just wanted to drop that on the on the viewer. Uh, so we're actually it's Monday at 1130. It's Tuesday at 530 and it's Friday as well. So please. Do yourself a favor. I viewed this documentary. It's exceptional. It, it truly is. 
so with that said, Father, listen, I just got off retreat really quick. I was with 90 men up in Malvern, Pennsylvania. Right. They all miss you, Father. They all miss yeah, you. And, and they've been talking about the podcast. Uh, we learned about, we brought into St. Joseph's life. Uh, and uh, and I, I think St. Joseph, like Father Al, is a man for the times. Who, who gave the retreat? Father Larry Swink gave it. Oh, good. Yeah, he's solid. He, he's he's always in the trench, giving his life for the guys and gals and the women in the parish and all that. Yeah, I think, you know, Father Larry and I always sort of talked about Father St. Joseph as an inspiration. It was part of our, our we'd have similar spiritual directions at time with different priests. And St. Joe was always a model for us as a protector of chastity, a model of holiness, protector of Mother Church. So I'm glad that he used St. Joe in, in light of Father Calloway's uh, um, program on the 33 day consecration to St. Joe. So I'm proud. That's great. Good. You know, and father, last thing on that is, is, is obviously as men, we know we need to be like St. Joseph, the pillar for the family. But one thing you really hit on is now men need to understand a certain way that we need to be protectors of the suffering church, just like Joseph was. He was always protecting Mary, always protecting the Eucharist in Mary's womb. Uh, on the way to Bethlehem or, 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 you know, had that steely eyed look when he was protecting his kids, protected his, his son and Mary on the way to Egypt. So, uh, so it's I would agree. I think there's a definite connection with St. Joe and Father Al, actually, because Father Al was deeply rooted in Our Lady and rooted in the poor as found in the church. So, yeah, I think that it's a beautiful topic. And I'm, I'm sure the guys were deeply inspired. They, they truly were. They truly were. So, Father, we're going to bend uh, this podcast into the uh, the theme, and you kind of set it up without even knowing it. Every now and then, I will receive one of your homilies from Chalco or Guadalajara. It's sent up by the sisters, and I received what I thought was a beautiful scorcher, a scorcher of love on Sunday, uh, where Jesus tipped the tables and he had the knotted cord because of the horrors going in, going on inside his, his dad's uh, home. I, I wrote this down. What you told the girls was, quote, love is being angry that someone you love was hurt. And you said, it's like Jesus in the marketplace. Jesus was angry that someone he loved, his father, was hurt and he acted. So father, I think what you were getting at there is obviously your love and protection and righteous anger for how the kids have suffered and been hurt over the years and how it's, it's, it's okay for a, for a father, for a spiritual father to show that type of anger. Yeah. You know, I waded deep into that thing, into that homily because my Spanish isn't the best and um, I had to go at it hard and direct and the fruit of it has been exponential with girls coming up and saying, Father, I really loved your homily. You know, I mean, you get 3,500 kids kind of, you can hear a pin drop, so to speak. And I just went after it. I said, you know, Father, the Lord had anger in father in the Father's house. And Father Al was fired up at the poor. The poor were, dis were abused and traumatized. And I can't follow those two guys. But I said, look, if I'm going to really be a spiritual father to you, I got to tell you, when some of you are telling me your stories, I want you to know I'm angry. And I had to tell them, I'm not angry at you. You are innocent because of the pain, but I'm fired up. 
And, you know, I told them, I tell many of them that I'm angry at the people that hurt you. And I, I told them I have that right. I have that right to be angry when someone hurts somebody I love or if someone hurts, you know, the church. I, I have a right to be angry because I love. And um, I think the point, the spirit moved very beautifully to accomplish that. So that's beautiful. I didn't know you received it. Yeah, Father, I, I, I appreciate it so much. I'm going to drop that homily in at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to put a link in. It just kind of came to me. Um, so you've, for your viewers, if you'd like to tune in, I'll, I'll drop it in there. And, you know, Father, what that homily reminded me, and it pierced my soul. It really did pierce me. Um, you knew my uncle, Monsignor Thomas Wells, who was murdered in his rectory in 2000. And everyone loved Tommy. I'll call him Tommy. He was my uncle, my dad's brother. They loved him because he was a fun guy and he was a good priest and he was fatherly and, you know, he was could be the life of the party. But but you know why I love Tommy? What I most loved about him, I should say, is he he earned the nickname Boomer. And the reason he did is oftentimes, let's just say a guy was was uh, doing silly things. Maybe he was unfaithful to his wife or looking at porn. He would just say, hey, look, man, here's the deal. You can walk with me. And if you choose not to, you're on a path that will take you to hell. So make your choice. And oftentimes the guy would leave Tommy. And then three weeks later, he'd come back and say, Father, you're right. I'm wrong. And I, Father, Father Dan, there's, there's a bishop that you and I both know that used to work with Tommy as an associate when Tommy was a pastor. And Tommy said, hey, look, Father, you're too comfortable and you want the finer things in life. And that's no good as a priest. And this bishop has told me on a handful of occasions, he paralyzed me, he threw a dart at me, and he leveled me. And I've changed because of it. So, Father, th that role of, of sort of that boldness that Father Al had, and I'm sure you have had throughout your priesthood, how important is it for a priest? Well, it's rooted in a spiritual life, Kevin. I don't, and to the folks, I don't, I don't think I could have done some of the things, most of the things I tried to do without being rooted in the Eucharist and Our Lady, because there's a certain trepidation that comes with speaking the truth. Other times the spirit is moving very powerfully. It sounds like it rolled through your uncle Tommy, who I knew well, um, that it, um, it's a liberating, it's a two-edged sword that liberates the person. But at first when it enters the wound, it's painful, but then the, the wound is, 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 is healed. I see that a lot in my ministry uh, back in the States and now a lot here going into the deep with the kids. And then you got to say, come on, man, cough it up. What happened? And once they bring it out, man, usually at some point I say, how do you feel? And they say, father, I feel better. You know, they're the phrase they use is I have confidence. I have confidence in you. Now, sometimes they're speaking a mile a minute in Spanish and I walk about not even close to that. So I'm catching up on the words, doing my best with the spirit. But there's a lot of times, man, where the kids are obviously dropping bombs and we process it in the grace of the Holy Spirit. And that's where I sense my spiritual fatherhood really is helping these girls or guys heal as the spirit brings them into my life. Sure. Sure, sure, Father, you're, you're, you're a spiritual father to them. And and uh, bending it over to, to Father Al, uh, throughout his 35 years as a priest, um, 
he, he had that same dimension, that, that supernatural, that spiritual dimension of the father. And, and there was a priest that followed him around and worked with him for 10 years in Korea. His name was Monsignor James Golosinski. He's 91 years old. He's still alive. He's a good old boy priest, lives in Texas. He's a straight shooter. He's a cowboy. And he said, I have never met another man as bold and who fought harder for justice than Venerable Al Schwartz, my friend. So, so, so Father, as, as you talk about the priesthood and its duties and its obligation, so, so Father Al sees the poverty in Korea and he becomes bold. How, how does that happen? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, well, it's a movement of the spirit. It's obviously moving in the lay people because if the people, if, if the lay people are open to the spirit or the priest is open religious, the spirit is moving because the spirit wants to use people. I would tell all the people that are, that are listening, hey, put yourself in the hands of the spirit and say, I'm here to help bring healing grace and, and love to God's people. That's all Father Al did. He didn't start out with the vision of saving all the kids. He started out with, hey, one kid at a time. And that's where it works. But he chose to go into the deepest poverty, the deepest suffering. And I think that's the dynamic that made Father Al a little bit, well, very different and along with the lives of the saints, actually, because the saints went into that stuff that makes no sense, that no one wants to touch. It's the Mother Teresa, St. John Vianney going into our stuff, Bosco, St. John Bosco picking up all the street kids. And these guys just say, I want the worst because that's where you see the greater the, the greater resurrection. So for me, I, I think that the Lord is trying to use me or trying to use the people, but it's got to come with a sacrifice. And, you know, I'm reading all of short Father Al's books, right? And this guy made constant choices to suffer. And I'm like, look, man, I'm good, like suffering Monday, Wednesday and Friday, but give me Tuesday and Thursday off. And, you know, this guy was a constant. He was a constant guy that says, if it's not in the scripture, I mean, this is where I got indicted by Father Al, man. He's dead. And he just sent me a punch upside the head. If it's not in the Bible, if Jesus didn't do it, if St. Paul didn't live it, forget it. Forget it. And that's all Father Al read. Like he read the Bible. He's like, okay, I get it. And he's brilliant. So I've had to step up my game significantly, not you know, I can't take over Father Al. I just bring a different charism. But I got to say, I look at his life and I'm like, come on, man. You you were nonstop, man. And that gets me fired up. I'm like, come on, Schwartz. Let's go at it, baby. <laughs> well, Father, it sounds like what you're saying is whether it's you and your priesthood or me and my fatherhood, everything comes down to one word. Everything comes down to a choice. We've got uh, yeah. to make a choice. Yeah, it is. It's the choice that, I, at least that's what I found, the choice to sacrifice, the choice to tithe, the choice to help the poor, the choice to give a week to the poor. It's all the choice, man, and no one's going to make that choice for you except you. So, Father, if if we could if we could dig up the tomb of Father Al and bring him just a, a day to check out the landscape of the clergy and, and the church throughout the world, or maybe just America— what would, Schwartz, what would Father Schwartz say? What, what would be on his mind? Well, I think what, you know, I, I think of when Father Al was rolling around the United States just after he was sort of a newly ordained priest, 
with a bishop from Korea. And Schwartz was at his little slide projector and he's telling the story of the poor. And people started really supporting the bishop then and Father Al. And what happened is money started coming in. It was, it was more than they expected and more than what Father Al even thought. And Schwartz was always going to the podium saying, poor, 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 let's help the poor, let's renew the poor. They are the treasure of God. And then Father Al went nose to nose with the bishop and who kind of wanted to redirect some of the money and put it towards buildings or other programs and all this stuff. And Father Al said, no, Father Al had the courage. And, you know, I read that and I'm like, gosh, we need a Father Al, man, sometimes just to like say, focus on the poor and stop trying to manipulate the cause of the poor or relabeling anything as poor when it's not poverty, it's a choice that's going against truth or going against freedom or going against salvation. Schwartz was, the poor don't choose that. That's just thrust on them. You have no food, you have no water, you're naked, your education is not up to par. They don't have the choice, but so many make a choice and then they suffer because of their consequences and they equate it to the poor in like manner, but it's not the same thing. I know there's poverty of spirit, but, you know, the poor are the poor because they don't want to be poor. They don't want to be poor. And some want to be spiritually poor, not in the right term, but in a faith, faithless way. And so it's this gigantic contradiction. And so we throw a label on, I'm poor. You're not poor. You've made a choice to live in poverty, not a choice to live in, 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 in love and service. So... I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to digest it, but Father Al was really courageous. And that's where I see I'm, I'm just rolling around campus and trying to give the chance to the kids to resurrect. And it's an active, passive thing. Christ does the heavy lifting, but the kid comes out of the tomb. That's the key. It's an active, passive thing. And I think a lot of times folks want to be resurrected without the active ingredient. They just want to like, pick me up, save me. That's not happening here. The kids are clawing their way out of the out of the pain. And that's why it's their victory. It's not Father Dan's victory. It's that kid's victory. So I think that's what Schwartz saw. Schwartz got fired up, man, because he would see suffering. And he gave the kids the chance to get out and claim, this is mine. With the grace of God under Our Lady, the sisters, I've done this. And that's when it's earned. Father, beautifully explained a lot of wisdom in what you just. Uh, Thanks, man. Just you get said. me fired up, Wells. Cut it out. <laughs> All right. I'll just have to look my question. So, Father, I was thinking as you were, as you were speaking, uh, you know, Father Al said it all the time. We serve with the, um, the crown of thorns. We must bleed. And I'm thinking about those kids you're talking about. When they're crawling out, of their tombs, trying to get resurrected from all the pain, they got blood on their finger, under their fingernails. Father Al had blood under his fingernails. These sisters of Mary, they have blood. They're, they're sweating. They give all. They are the rich young man who said, you know what? Yeah, Jesus, I will follow you. They leave nothing. So so I'll go back to Father Monsignor Golosinski, who said, Father Al was the boldest man I ever knew. And at his funeral, at Father Al's funeral, a, a cardinal in the Philippines said, Father Al feared nobody or nothing. And he, he said this. In fact, I don't believe Father Al even feared God. 
That's what he said. So, so <laughs> father, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a few more examples at you and tell me what you think in the Philippines in 1989, he started this boys town, seven stories high. He had worked his tail off for 20 years and he has Lou Gehrig's disease and he's fighting and he's scratching. He's got a cane and he can barely talk and he's, he's just falling apart and he's about to go to Mexico. But at this school in the Philippines, these two teachers, they were, they were in the homosexual, they were both practicing homosexuals and they started this revolt and they got a bunch of teachers on their side and they, they, they formed this consortium and father asked, Hey, look, if you're not going to change your ways, you got to leave. So he said, Oh, are you firing us? And father said, well, if you're not going to change way, yeah, you're gone. So they, they formed this, they formed this um, gang and every night for months, there was hundreds of this Filipino gang out in front of the gates of this boys town. And I, and I saw this father Al had written about it in his book, killing me softly. And he, he was talking about what had happened. And there was a lot of violence. Father Al was father. I was actually came out with blood after one altercation, rocks and bricks were thrown at us and our vehicles windows were smashed. The sisters were obscenely and violently threatened. They were always denounced in the press on TV and on the radio they tried to have the Korean sisters deported and so on and so on. It was abuse. And then what Father Al says, Father Dan, and I'll, and I'll drop it on to you, is he said, I don't care. Truth is truth. And he says, we do not follow the world. We follow Jesus. We are not friends of the world. We are friends of Jesus, who is the truth and the light. So we must reject the world, reject all that is false and deceitful all darkness and cheating, and we must work. So that's that's kind of, Father, what you're going back to. He just did what Jesus did. Well, Father Al, at that moment, at, you know, I've read that and I've spoken about it. Um, what Father Al was confronting was a hostile takeover attempt of the school and a redirecting of the school mission, which was faithful to the Catholic Church. And it was a fidelity to the Catholic Church that, uh, these teachers and others were trying to accomplish. And Father has said, no, that goes against my identity as a priest. It goes against the mission of the sisters. That will not happen. And it's not a, it, I won't meet you halfway. This is condemned in the scripture and it will be condemned here. And sure, Father Al had to go up against a lot of things and there are a lot of sleepless nights. I've read subsequent articles and stuff about it. And he just had the courage out of charity to defend the kids, the sisters, the truth of the church, and also in effect to speak the truth to the teachers who confronted him. Um, they took the first swing, not Father Al. And so I think there's a dynamic there that Father Al, again, God prepared him for to hold strong and not lose the mission. Well, that's it, Father. They, they took the first swing. He stuck his chin out and said, keep on pounding away, but I'm going to propose the truth. I'm going to propose the truth and I'm going to propose the truth and I'm going to keep proposing the truth, whether you like it or not, because truth is truth. And he eventually won that battle. It was, it was nasty. And he was beaten up because of Lou, Lou Gehrig's disease, but, but he won that battle. And, well, and Schwartz, Father, even got, Schwartz even got beat up a couple of times. Just Father Al got beat up a couple of times because he was defending the poor. He went after somebody in Korea and he didn't go after him physically, but the guy went after him and it, be, I mean, Father Al was, look, you're going to beat me up, but you're not going to touch the kids was kind of his MO. And that's why his cause is up for canonization because 
you know, the guy was a wiry little guy. He wasn't an 800 pounder. He wasn't a nose guard, you know? And so it is what it is. That's why he was courageous. He was, he was father. He protected children. He protected children. So father, he, um, I don't know if you know this. I think you do. He was actually in a, in a certain way attacked by American bishops. So much dough was coming into Korean leaf. He had one of the largest nonprofits in the world. Not a dollar came from the government. It was American donors, some European donors. And, and two letters came from the Vatican back in the 60s that told him, stop taking the flow of donations from America. Earn it your own self in Korea. And he said, oh, my goodness. This will kill what Mary stuck in my heart in Beno to, to bring relief to the poor. This will kill me. So what does Father Hal do when, when he's told by essentially the Pope, stop it? He hops on a plane and he fought for the justice of the kids in Rome. And he won that fight as well. Again, it's that sense of boldness and, and righteous anger. Well, I, I think what is consistent with him and maybe folks for you to think about is he entered that the dialogue with Our Lady to care for the sick, to care for the poor. And anything that would digress from that was an infidelity for him. And in that dynamic, nothing or no one would prevent the, the to bringing to, to um, fruition the reality of what he was asked to do by Our Lady. So, you know, I think he, everything he did was in obedience to Our Lady as a son because he knew that that gift, that grace had been put into his heart. That's it. And, and I, he was very practical, as, as, you, as you often say, Father. He was very practical. And he, and he said, look, if I don't preach the truth and if I don't have this righteous anger for the poor, I might lose my soul. Mary yeah. stuck something in my heart I received it, I absorbed it, and I left and went to Korea. Now I must fight. Mary expects me. She's dependent on me to be bold. So I have no other choice. So he went after it. And he, Father, he never, as you know, and you're experiencing, I think, you wouldn't say so, but he didn't take a day off. He just fought and he fought and he fought for the souls of the poor. Well, look, here, here, here's the thing. Um, when it came to Father Al, what he, what he recognized was that he, his soul was at stake. He just, he wrote, I just want to be lightly guided by the spirit. He wrote, I just want to do mission work in some part of the world. And, you know, he's, he's definitely recognized in the reality. If he doesn't fulfill what God asks, he's going to, you know, he's going to, there's going to be a just punishment. You know, I, I, I think I'm doing what God wants, man. I think I'm doing what God wants here. That's why I'm here. I'm not here for anything else. I think our Lord called me here. Our lady called me here. And I got to be obedient to what God's asking. I got nothing else to do. And Father, you have one life to live. Father Al had one life to live. Why not do it the way God would have you do it? Whatever his will would you for him or you would be. That's all we got is this one life. And, and you sense that I know as a, as a, as a missionary priest, Father Al certainly knew it and he lived it out. And that's why he's on the path of sainthood. They just went after it. You're going after it. Yeah. I, I, I have a very light freedom in my heart to, 
to serve, but at the same time, there's an expediency to what I get to do because not because of uh, any fear, but because of love. And that love is what propels. And that's the love that propelled the saints. And that's really my model. You know, you take Father Al and say, Father Al really had a love and he expressed it in so many ways. So, you know, to the lay folks, you know, you got to find what you love and it's got to build up the kingdom. And if it's building up the kingdom, then go after it. That's the whole goal of life. The goal of life is to keep serving and to enjoy the freedom to serve. Serving isn't an obligation. It's a grace. It's a grace. So, so Father, with that, I, I'm going to ask you this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start to, uh, we're coming to the close, but for the laity, <clears throat> and I kind of take this from last weekend's retreat, um, what can the laity do, men and women alike, to, to sort of uh, be more like the Sisters of Mary, to, to sort of uh, look at the church that's suffering now. So many, so many in the culture look at the church and see it as being hateful, et cetera, et cetera. What can the laity do uh, with that righteous anger or that boldness, that, that charitable boldness to really step in as Father Al did and, and actually do something efficacious and fruitful? I was in Guadalajara and the boys had drawn this poster of the sisters after the retreat I gave. And the sisters were on adoration. They had adoration all day for four days. And you come up the top of the stairs and this is a big hand done thing that says, in order to stand in the religious life, one must spend a lot of time on their knees in prayer. And I think that first it's the spiritual aspect the second is the dynamic of the Eucharist, somehow engaging the Eucharist and the reality of the Eucharist in adoration and daily mass and not losing sight of our Lord in the blessed sacrament. Third is to really pray to the Holy Spirit, at least for me, that's what, this is what I'm, this is why I'm here. Lord, where do you want to use me? Where do you want to use me as an instrument of God? Everybody has a mission and whether you're at home or whether you're not, you got to dive into that grace. Uh, so I encourage the laity to really not to be afraid. You know, Father Al was a DC guy that ended up in Korea, that ended up in the Philippines, that ended up in Mexico. He doesn't, how did he get over here? Because he was just led by the spirit. And when you're led by the spirit, folks, God moves beautifully. Now you heard Father Dan, guys. So listen to the spirit. Um, Spirit's voice. So, a couple, a couple things, Father. Uh, again, for you, for you uh, viewers, I am going to attach Father Dan's homily. I, I, I beg you guys in your spare time, uh, give it a listen. I think you'll be moved as I was. He really, really fired me up uh, for this podcast. Secondly, uh, I beg you guys, tune in to this documentary. Yeah. It, it is expertly done. It's not one of these old sort of stodgy Catholic documentaries with black and white. This thing, they poured cash into this thing in two years time. They went to Mexico. They interviewed the right people. I mean, they interviewed dozens of people for this thing and they got Father Al right. So tune in Monday, Tuesday or Friday and uh, and I think you'll be pleased you did. Uh, so next week, Father, I just want to throw it at you. F 
Father Al was a mystic. He was extraordinarily prayerful, prayed three hours every day. He lived, as you just were mentioning, Father. He was attentive to the Holy Spirit. So we're going to get into that next week. So, Father, before we cut out, anything else you want to share with for the viewers? No, just thanks for being with us, folks. God bless you. You know, this isn't scripted, so when I get a little fired up, bear with me. Father, they're very forgiving, these viewers. I'm sure. All right, Father, can you give us a blessing and swear to take mm -hmm. us out? Yeah, may Almighty God bless you, folks, protect you, give you peace. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Our Lady, Virgin of the Poor, St. Joseph, Father Al, pray for us. God bless you, folks. So I'm going to use Sister's help this morning. So I, I hope you will listen. I want to talk about righteous anger. And I'm going to explain it very easily. In the gospel today, Jesus goes into the temple and they're making the temple a, a market. And he's mad. It's a righteous anger. Why? Because the people of Jerusalem would go to the temple every year. And they would make a sacrifice. But they would come very far. And so the people that would sell things to offer they would charge a lot of money. For example, you can bring flowers from your home to the Virgin of Guadalupe in, in, at the Basilica. You can carry them all the way from your home. But maybe you live very far. So by the time you get to the Basilica, they're kind of dead. <laughs> but you could buy flowers by the Basilica. And maybe you have a poor family. And it's very expensive. And so somebody is making money from you. From you. Jesus comes into the temple and that's what's happening. That's point number one. Point number two. This is, is a, this is equally as important. When Father Al went to Korea, he had a righteous anger. He saw boys and girls living in the street. He saw old people being abused. He saw hungry people. Because Father Al loved God, he was angry. He was angry because the poor were suffering. So he was mad. 
Did he do something wrong? He was, he was justified because he wanted to protect the poor. Because he loved God, he protected the poor. And they received his love. Punto numero tres. Mira. For many of you, my presence here, you don't understand. Sí. Muchos de ustedes. Padre Dan, Padre Dan. Pero no puede asistir ustedes. Voy a escuchar confesiones. Voy a ofrecer misas por algunas. But I'm here because I love God. Pero yo estoy aquí yo amo a Dios. I don't know you. Yo no a I know some of you. So I can't say I love you because I don't know you. I love Christ in you. You tell me something that hurt you. Somebody that violated you. Somebody that rejected you. And many of you in my reaction, I'm angry. I'm justified at being angry. Yeah. Muchas de ustedes en estos momentos no quieren mirar a mí. Yeah, because there are times when I have tears in my eyes. Why would somebody want to hurt a little girl? Why would somebody say that to a little girl? Why does somebody want to touch a little girl's body? Voy a hablar la verdad esta mañana. And so I'm angry. But you don't know how to receive that. Porque la reacción de muchos de ustedes Vergüenza. Yo tengo vergüenza. You have shame because of what happened and you have shame because of my emotion. Niñas, no, no puede controlar mi emoción. Yo soy hombre. You don't have to control my emotion. I'm in charge of my emotions. You don't have to have shame because of my anger. So when somebody hurts somebody and I begin to know that person, I have anger. I have anger. I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at the person that hurt you. 
That's like Jesus in the temple. People were hurting the poor. It's like Father Al. When he went to Korea, he saw the abandoned, the abused, the naked. He was angry. And so he did something. What about your heart? How do you react when somebody is angry that someone hurts you? Una niña habla, Padre, esta persona lastimame. En otra persona, Padre, Madre, ellos tienen una reacción con enojo. ¿Puede recibir este amor? Are you able to receive this love? It's love. Somebody hurt somebody that we love. When you can receive this love, you are healing. When you, are, when you can receive this love, it's a lot easier to look away. Ah, no quiero mirar a Padre. No quiero mirar a mis pies. No quiero recibir este amor. The same is true with the sisters. When you hurt yourselves, what do you want them to do? Sometimes they have to be angry because they believe. So I want you to examine your hearts. What do you want? You tell someone your pain. Do you want them, ah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. No está mi hija, no problema. No está mi hija, you're not my daughter. Yeah, you're not my daughter. Do you want that reaction? Or do you want a reaction of righteous anger? Here's the difference. The child, the, the girl that doesn't want the, uh, the connection, it's because she's not receiving the love. Yeah. Algunas de ustedes. You don't want to be loved. You want to be loved in your terms. And so somebody shows you protection. Are they angry that someone hurt you? And you just keep away. You see it, but you push the person away. 
because you don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Algunas de ustedes, you don't want to deal with it. And so you just hide. Or you become disobedient. Or you show it in some other way. That's another lie. Yeah. And then others of you, you receive the love and you feel guilty, but then afterwards you start to heal. And you start to see la oportunidades para sanar. Misa voluntaria. Sí, Rosario. Otras cosas aquí, no solamente cosas por, por mí o por las hermanas, son encuentras, experiencias de Jesús para sanar. Y otras niñas están sanando. Otras, other girls are healing. Otras niñas están sanando. But then there's the tension. Mira, then there's the tension. Pero luego está esa ah, niñas, esta experiencia está aquí. Una niña tiene dolor y ella no quiere sanar completamente. Poco padre, poco, yo quiero controlar, yo quiero controlar su amor, su, su enojo. Ah, Padre Dan tiene enojo. No, no tengo enojo por su pecado, tengo enojo por su dolor. Es mi punto. Es igual Jesús, igual Padre Al. Escuchen. Es mi point. And so when somebody is mad that somebody hurt you, you don't know how to receive it. Why? Because you're afraid. Because if you receive the love, you have to change. And right now, Muchas de ustedes les gustan el nombre Yo soy víctima, Padre. Yo soy víctima. ¿Quieres vivir una vida de víctima? Do you want to live the life of a victim? ¿Quieres vivir la vida de una víctima? That's the point of healing. Ese es el punto de la sanación. And so when you receive the love, Entonces, cuando tú recibes el amor, then you go and protect people. That's the whole point. So Father Al had this love. And that's why he went to Korea. And that's why he came to Mexico. To protect you. To be angry that you were suffering. That's what love is. Love is being angry that someone you love was hurt. Love is being angry that someone you love was hurt. Escuchen. This is love. That's why Jesus is on the cross. 
as, as aquí. That's why he's on the cross. He was angry that someone he loves was hurt. Amen.